Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Basil Wilbur. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. This week, the Lord has really impressed on me the fact that there's nothing new ever going to happen. It's as powerful as His blood. There's nothing new that's ever going to happen to heal somebody that hasn't already happened. We're not going to create anything. We're not going to find anything. We're not going to discover anything. There's no new revelation of anything that's more powerful than the blood of Calvary. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And the, and, um, the reason why I didn't want them just to dash off because... I just wanted to talk for a minute and then I'll be real brief with my message because we pretty much already got it. Um, well, when, um, and I hope it's not in my lifetime that I lose this kind of music and that I lose the message of the blood and I, I I lose those apostolic moments that are so life-changing that when they happen, you know, and, and, and then life just speeds up. And sometimes you forget. You forget. And then all of a sudden your mind goes back to the day that you were baptized or you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Or you see miracles happen. People totally, completely healed of cancer. I have a friend that had asbestos cancer in his stomach and God totally healed it. Totally, completely. He didn't even need any uh, treatments at all. God just totally healed it. And I just seen so many things in my life and so many apostolic moments that, you know, uh, today... This is another apostolic moment. We could have been singing about anything. We could have been talking about anything. And that would have been good. But to come in here on a Wednesday night and to feel the power of God, you know why? Because he still wants to be worshipped. He doesn't want to be forgotten. And he doesn't want us to get in a position where we don't need him. I mean, where we don't absolutely need him. It's always a tough place to be when you absolutely need him. But what a good feeling to know that he is absolutely there. And that his blood is sufficient. And it can wash away not only our sins, but it can wash away our sorrows. And it can change our tomorrows. And I just made that up. I might have been a poem. I don't know. Amen. Amen. Pastor, you just want to pray and then we'll we'll get on with the message. I just hear what Jesus. Jesus, we thank you so much for your presence. It is undeniable, unresistible, unfathomable as to why you would love us and show us such great kindness and mercy and grace. 
Help us never to take these moments for granted, but to take advantage of every second in your presence, every word that comes to us. Anoint Brother Wilbur. Speak through him to us. Let his spirit be touched by yours and let our lives receive faith, mercy, grace, and compassion, not just for us, but that we spread it like a blanket around everyone that we encounter. Help us to take advantage of these moments for surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. Yes. Does it feel like we need to leave, does it? <laughs> if you want to just get comfortable and sit up here, you're fine. If you got somewhere to go and you want to go sit by your mate, you're fine too. Otherwise, you could be seated. Let's try to get going on this. I don't know. We'll see. The message tonight is called uh, <clears throat> Red Rover, Red Rover. And uh, what's the little Matucci kids are in here? Are they in here? No? Red Rover, Red Rover, send a little Matucci over. I don't know where they're at. But. Um, and let me just give you, I, I looked it up on Wikipedia because that's right next to the Webster, I think. But um, it says the first team will choose a player from the other team. Then try to break through their line. So really what happens in Red Rover, Red Rover, if you've never played it before, you all grab, you pretty much get an equal team, you think. You pretty much size up each other. And then you hold hands. And then this is how it goes. And after you made a line, the child chosen from the team will yell, Red Rover, Red Rover, let, and they'll, they'll cry out for one of the folks on the other team to come on over. And so you can fill in that blank with whatever. Then the chosen child will run to the other team and try to break through the hands of any two of the children. And uh, if they don't break through, okay, I'm sorry. If, if the runner breaks through, they get to choose anyone from that team. And then they get to bring that person back to their team. And so if you've ever played the game before, you know that they try to break through the little guy's line and bring back the biggest guy because they want the strongest one back on their team. And um, if they don't break through, then they need to join that team. But the game ends when all the children are on one team. But the strategy of the whole game is to break through at the weakest point and take the strongest player with you. So here's the, I want you to remember the strategy. The strategy is to break through the weakest point, and to take the strongest player with you. And uh, Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? And uh, so if we were going to make a team, I know who I would start choosing right away, Brother Barningham. You know, I, mean, I could choose each, you know, I would, I would have a good selection and get the strong arms and hands together and, and then size up the other team and then start picking who we'd want to come at us. So if we think about this in the spiritual sense, you know, we're fighting against another team. 
And it's, it's not flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers. And, and uh, sometimes it could appear that, that it's not, but it is. And so we size it up and we pretty much could tell the devil that it doesn't matter what you send our way. As long as we're strong in unity, you're not breaking through the things that we've built and that we stand together on. And when we stand together, we're so strong. And when we stand together on the things that matter, that's when we become very strong. So tonight, um, and I was driving home from work and the Lord gave me that picture of Red Rover, Red Rovers. And, and I thought, I don't know, Lord, I you don't want to go and I know these people already think I'm strange and start with another Red Rover, Red Rover, but that's how my mind works. And I'm sorry about that, but I, I picture things like thinking about the fact that the person, how they feel to be the weakest link. I, I, I don't think I've ever played a game where I was the weakest link. I was always, um, you know, I play King of the Mountain, man. I'm throwing somebody. And uh, I was always built like a, a, a can of soda, hard to tip over, you know. And um, they used to call me when I was little, Wilbur Waddle, but he won't fall down. And uh, so, but my point is, I don't know what it would be like to be the one with the weakest hand holding on to another one that felt weak and knowing that at any moment the enemy is going to break through. And when the enemy breaks through, then he's going to take the strongest player on the team and you feel like it's your fault. And um, you say, well, Brother Wilbur, has that ever happened? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I've seen um, people walk away from a church because one family member may have gotten hurt or I've seen uh, um, all kinds of strange things happen in a church. They just do in a family. Somebody gets their feelings hurt in a family and they no longer are going to the family reunion. And not only are they not going, but none of their kids are going. And and they always seem to grab... um, a strong player and pull them to the other side. And I believe that's what Lucifer was trying to do when he went to talk to Jesus and he said, man, I'll give you all these things. He was trying to find a weak link somehow so he could pull a strong player. But tonight, I mean, obviously we have a beautiful church and um, we want to walk together. We want to agree But here's some things that I was just thinking about when I was putting this message together. Have you ever heard anybody say, um, well, we'll just agree to disagree? And um, it's really not good. We shouldn't disagree. We should agree. If we're going to walk together, we should agree. And um, here's here's another one. Let me just give you, I didn't give no notes or nothing. I'm and I apologize for everything. But 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
we need to be together in all things. And we need to understand and love one another in all things. And I'm not preaching this message like I'm the pastor. I'm preaching this message because I'm the pew guy. And I'm the guy that needs this message probably more than any of you. I'm, I'm just saying that I want to be able to hold hands with somebody and not let the enemy come through. And you say, well, Brother Wilbur, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that if I hold Kyle's hand and the enemy comes, if Kyle and I don't agree on something and I back away and Kyle and I are in unity, the enemy comes through and he grabs a player and he takes him back to the other side. And you say, well, what's the importance of that? The importance of that is not necessarily the group we have here tonight, but the group that's coming. I mean, on Sunday mornings, this place has been packed. There's been visitors here that, I mean, unbelievable, right? And um, here's, here's why I think the Lord is bringing this message to us. I know what the blood has done in my life. So I think at my weakest moments, maybe I become my strongest because then I remember the blood and I count on him. So even in my weakness, I could actually become a stronger player because when I'm weak and I'm humbled, I remember him, right? Because I know the blood and I know what Calvary's done for me. I've been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. I have the power to overcome the enemy Here's, here's the problem. Some of the folks that come in here, they don't know that. And I think that as we do the things that we do, we need to have that in mind. And that's why um, uh, I was going to ask Pastor, but my wife asked Pastor, and he said it was all right. If Monday nights, I'm going to start doing a, a study. You know, this, this Monday night from 6 to 7, I'm going to do it on spirits. And then the next one, I mean, um, we'll just choose one and then or the people in the class that want to come or if somebody hands pastor a note or, or, or you're wondering about some things like for instance we have tongues interpretation or you know there's new folks in the church all the time and they're wondering what is that just like tonight you may be here and you're like what happened there and just to inform people so for the next 12 weeks I'm just going to do that with my Bible study but here's what, I, here's what I'm trying to I mean I kind of got the mic right now, so I'm just going to try to tell you that I'm the Bible study guy for the church, although I hope that I, you teach way more Bible studies than I do, but I am the contact guy. So if you have somebody that wants a Bible study, let me know or my wife know so we can get people, because there's all kinds of people that said that they would teach Bible studies. And here's the key. If we're not careful and we don't teach what we've been taught, how long will it go before they don't know what we know? And, and um, you know, it may be our, our own kids. It may be our own, you know, because time goes by so fast, we may forget to tell them. You know, tell them about Calvary. Tell them about uh, that blood. Uh, tell them about being baptized in Jesus' name. Tell them about being filled with the Holy Ghost. We have a lot of great things that go on in our church, but nothing compares to the blood. We may have the greatest Sunday school in the world. We may have the greatest youth, uh, uh, what do we hyphen, um, his ministries, women ministries, um, uh, 
encounter and we're doing all these good things for people and we're helping them and we're helping them the best that we know how to help them but Jesus said that go and teach them the gospel so I think that what the Lord is kind of impressed on me I mean he didn't speak to me verbally but in the weird sense of the way he works with me he impressed on me the fact that um, such an opportunity for such growth, but growth requires commitment. And commitment is hard. Because we've been given much. And if on Sunday morning people come into the church and we don't tell them the things that we know, no program that we ever come up with is going to be good enough. You know, if we're not baptizing, now, now we're doing great things, and I'm not, believe me, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just trying to teach a message that, that right here what it says is um, we don't want people to break through and um, take our kids with them. You say, well, I don't think that would ever happen here. I don't want to preach my whole life and then be found myself a castaway somewhere. I want to go to heaven. I want my kids to go to heaven. And the churches all around the world don't look like they did when I was a kid. They're changing. And we're such good people if we're not careful, we are so nice that we can accidentally water something down instead of giving them the real thing. Because if we don't give them the real thing, the watered down version will never, ever be sufficient. Amen. It just won't. It just won't. And, I, and I'm glad that somebody didn't give the watered-down version to me because with my personality and the way that I am, it would have never worked. It would have never worked. If I didn't have the power of God living inside of me to redirect me when I'm in a goofy state, um, I, now, you may be different than me. Maybe you process things different than me. But... In my mind, I, I need to know what he's all about. And I need to know that that cross mattered when he did it for us. And um, I've heard people say before, oh, you don't need to be baptized. You don't need this. You don't need that. I, I just say, be careful what you say. You know, um, get these guys at school and they think they're welders and um, they'll tell people, they'll say, oh, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do this. And I'll take them over to the side and I'll say, you know why you think that way? Is because you already overcome the obstacles. Therefore, you understand how to manipulate the machine because your talent has awarded you the ability not to do it this way, but I'm training that person up and they have to go through the basics or they'll never understand how to do the things that they need to do. Now, you may be able to get away with that, 
but they're never going to be able to get away with that because they need to learn the basics. And just like Vince Lombardi said, this is a football. You know, tonight I really felt like the Lord definitely let us know during the song service that this is my blood that was shed for you. And, um, and it's sufficient. Although it costs a lot, it's sufficient. Amen? Amen. And then, you know, Nicodemus goes on to teach. Our, Jesus teaches Nicodemus about the new birth, and he says that um, you must be born again. And you must hear the sound thereof. And all these things that we hear nowadays and all these things that are told to us, we got to remember that Romans, do you think you put Romans 1 and 16 up there? Romans 1 and 16. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Now, Zach, you weren't there when I was 16 years old in a youth group. And man, let me tell you what, I'm glad I'm not youth no more. It was the toughest years of my life. All I felt was getting up in the morning and worrying about going to bed at night because I was just hoping I was going to heaven. It was a very difficult time. All I wanted to do is find a wife so I'd stay out of trouble. You know, do something, anything, help me, Lord. But it was a tough time, you know. But I remember this because there was times that I would bring my friends to church and I would be ashamed because there would be people running around and, and, and then I, I, so I was all nervous and you can call it whatever you want to, but I was ashamed and then I had to overcome that to understand the fact that it's not something to be ashamed about. We got the greatest thing in the world. There's nothing like receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. Amen? There's nothing like it. But the generation coming up, I don't know if they think the same way that I did. And I just would say, don't ever be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever be ashamed to lay hands on somebody and, and to pray for them. And if you happen to speak in tongues, don't ever be ashamed. Because you'll never succeed in anything that you want to do in God if you're ashamed about the way that you have to do it. Because no watered-down version of that will ever be sufficient. No short prayer of, you know, I please heal in Jesus' name. Now, that will work. But if the Lord is speaking to you and he, he wants you to pray, he wants you to pray in the spirit or if he wants you to pray, Lord, heal her back because he spoke that to you. Go beyond your fear and don't be ashamed and press forward because the miracle will never happen. We, oh, pastor, what a message you preached on Sunday. I, I'm still crying about that. Dennis, you're right. he followed you and, and, and the point was is that, um, you know, we may be the only one that will ever be in a position to help that person. And, and I kept thinking that, ah, oh, I wish... I mean, I'm glad you put that in my mind, but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. It's gonna, there's going to be times when it's going to hurt me. To, you know, it'll help me, but it'll hurt me when I'm thinking about looking at somebody in line and saying, you know, 
how come you didn't tell me? How come you, how come you just let me go by and you didn't say anything to me? Because we may be the only one that can do that. Instead of giving them a watered-down version of that. Does that make sense? Not that anybody in here is doing a watered-down version, please. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the fact that I was being a little um, uh, nostalgic, or however you say that word, in my thinking, and I started thinking about all those that have gone before me, and I was sizing myself up with them. Now, I know we're not supposed to judge ourselves against other people, but I started thinking about the people in my life that really mattered, and they went on before me, and I thought, is there anybody that would match that style of life? Is there anybody that would give what that person had give? Is there anybody that would do what that person has done? And all I hear, John, is that that's the way it was when we were on that side of the tracks. Well, whatever brought us on this side of the tracks, I'm not sure. The only thing I know is the people that were on that side of the tracks were okay with me. So point being is, is that I think we need to remember where we come from. And I think that this is a time with all the revival that's going on that we choose to be committed in a way that when those folks walk through the door, it's not just about us getting up and taking off and, and getting in the car and going to lunch, but we look at them the same way that somebody looked at us, Jeanette, when they turned around and they said, you two want to go to dinner with us? And we're thinking with these two brats <laughs> and, and they would take us and, and buy us a meal and work. Do you think because they thought we were the greatest people in the world? They were just trying to work with us two kids. They cared. And I, I think I'm talking to the right people when I say, I know we care, but I think that we just need to slow down and remember um, I was thinking about Sandy Jones today and I thought, I really wish he was here. You know, some of the people, that they just, you miss them. And um, they're so real. All of us are strange. There's no question about that. I mean, if you really wanted to sit down and write a note about everything that we do, we're probably pretty odd individuals. But how valuable we really are when we affect other people's lives and the things that we do. When Missy plays this piano up here, I'm telling you, it does something in my spirit. I think that I'm 12 years old again, dancing with my mother at the altar. And I mean, we danced. I mean, you think that you, sometimes we make it ashamed here. I mean, these people were crazy. Their hair is... And at that time, they had those oatmeal cans in their head. Flipping back and forth. They used to tie their hair all up on them. It's the things you see little guys standing behind somebody in a pew. But oh, what I wouldn't give to have some of them ladies back here right now. Come in here and give me a hug and say, how you doing, Basil? I mean, some of those hugs that those elderly women, women and pray for me at the altar and take time with me. 
And um, um, I'm sorry. I'm feel like I'm not. I'm not sorry. I'm doing this. I'm just sorry. I always never have a towel. Um, he here's another one. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Acts four and twelve. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no other name, Jesus, under heaven given among men where we, we must be saved. Hebrews 9 and 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. No remission. We need the blood to remit our sins. And in Romans 8, nothing can separate us so I say tonight, um, we, we need to learn how to agree to agree and key on, on the real important things and hold hands even when it hurts and don't let go no matter how bad it hurts. Now I've played that game before Red Rover, Red Rover, send the knucklehead over and I'm telling you what, that's a powerful, hurtful game. They'll come over and elbow you in the chest anything they can do or, or come down like that real hard to uh, break your arm so that you'll let go of the person next to you and, and you're hanging on and you're not only hanging on for yourself, you're hanging on for the team and you're giving everything you got and, and, and it's almost like you're pushing yourself forward because you're taking the, you know, you're going to take it. And I was just thinking uh, the fact that if we really love each other the way Christ loves us, that we will take it and we'll hang on. And, and when the enemy comes, we'll hang on and hold each other's hand and um, be in unity. In unity. And the reason why we need it so bad is because those folks that are coming to that believer's class, those folks that are coming in to this church, they need us. They need us so bad. Oh, they need us. Now, they need God, but they need us. They need us to care. They need us to talk to them. They need us to ask them who they are, where they come from, where they're going. They need us, you know. And uh, I was really feeling very, very selfish when I was putting this message together. That's why I really, really, I'm feeling crying and, and pain because so many times that I have just dashed out or, or walked around or and when I could have walked right over to the person and said, hey, um, how, how you doing? What's your name, you know? And, um, you know, pastor used to always tease us. He'd say, you people are so comfortable that some new person comes sit next to you and you kind of like, like this, you know? Because you don't want them to take your spot. Not only do you not want to visit with them, you don't want them to take your spot. And, he, and, and, and I thank God for Pastor Kelly because he's soft and, and loving. Pastor Smalls was very, very tough. He would call you right out. Uh, you want to move over there? I mean, we'd be in service. Mind you. And you're eyeballing the guy next to you because you know that he wants a spot. But you're sitting for position 
he called you out. He'd say, hey, uh, could you move over there, Bartingham? There's a guy right there behind you. Are you looking for a spot? Hey, it's good to have you. Why don't we all give a clap for the guy? And, and what a great guy you are, Brother Bartingham, for moving over. And I hope you know how great your seat was. And he would just go on and on. So we have a great pastor. <laughs> he, I never see him call anybody out. But it is the truth. I mean, somebody stand there, slide over, you know. And um, I'm not teaching you anything new. I think tonight is just a reminder. I think that there's a bunch of veterans in here. And I'm not, not even if you're maybe 20 years old, you're still probably a veteran in what we're doing. If you got the Holy Ghost. And it's going to take all of us to accomplish the goals and the vision that pastor has with the church and the things that, that we're trying to do here, I think it's going to take all of us to communicate well with everybody that comes in the door and to make sure that they don't leave without us telling them that this is a good place for them and that there's, this isn't happening and that's happening. And, and besides all that, let me tell you about the blood. I just wish that some people really knew how to testify because the few that do, man, would it be good just to let them testify about some of the things that really happened in their life and giving God the glory. Problem is we're humans and we always cite it towards ourselves. But the truth of the matter is if you could get a good testimony when somebody comes in and tell them about what that blood actually did to you and you could really open up and be honest about all the ugly things that you, where you came from and what you did, Boy, it would really change lives, amen? Um, but I, I don't, I'm not promoting that because I came from a generation where it was 45 minutes testimony, 15 minutes music, and an hour preaching. I kind of like it the way we have it right now. Amen. Who could say, I am not ashamed? Say that, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. <clears throat> Here's something that um, I, I, I want to lay on you. Who is the shepherd of this church? Uh, the, uh, now we know Jesus Christ is obviously the shepherd of every church. Who's the shepherd of this church? Pastor Kylie. If for some reason, we think that he may be doing this or he may be doing that or he may have an opinion, your opinion is different. God has blessed us with one of the greatest pastors of all time and he's given him the wisdom. I just think that it would be good if we all held hands together. Now, I'm not saying that tonight, especially you don't hold hands with me. I've been... Point being is, if we all held hands in unity and the spirit, and as we're going forward, we remember that he's doing what God's having him do. We need to get beside him and do with him what God's wanting him to do and not lose or be distracted because the enemy's coming. And here's, here's what I want to wrap up with this. Revival's coming, 
And because revival's coming, the enemy's coming. And he's coming with the big guns. Because he does not want this church to double, triple. He does not want what we want. So we're pulling for his position. So just picture this in your mind. We're all standing in the line and we're watching people come in that door. And when they run at us, we're wanting to catch them and keep them and not let them go. We don't want them to go back to the enemy. So one of the ways that we can keep them is pastor's got a vision of how he wants to do things and we just remember the fact that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the blood. And so for my message tonight, if anybody comes through that door and we could give them the understanding that we have about the facts that you need the power to overcome that world, I think we've did our best. If they, for some reason, will pull away and run back into the world, that's on them. You know, you can only hold on to somebody so hard before they, they take off, but you, you're going to hold everything you can have, right? But I just think that if we give them a mindset that, just remember Brother Wilbur's Red Rover, Red Rover, I'm not letting my child over. No. The enemy's calling? No. No, no, no. And no, 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 in a way that I want you to hold your hand and don't let go. Because I don't know if I can hold them all by myself. Meaning that the fact that, that sometimes it may not be your loved one between me and the next guy. But we still got to hold tight because they belong to our side and we're fighting the other side. So if they start to break away, don't give up. Amen. Hang on tight. Amen. Why don't we all stand? Now, Eliza, that's how you say it, right? Isa, Liza, great mom. I hope you teach your kids how to play Red Rover, Red Rover. Because it is a fun game. But I will tell you this. Because let me tell you, let me tell you the reason why I'm telling you this. And the reason why I'm calling you out. I listen to Pastor Small's tapes. He's probably had, I've probably had a thousand, two thousand of them. I don't even know how many. And he would say things to people and I'd watch those things come true. There's power in the word. And I'm saying, Red Rover, Red Rover, your children are never going to go to the other side. We're going to hang on tight. We're going to keep them with us. Amen? Amen. And I just think it would be good if all of us, if you know somebody in the congregation is, I'm going to give the mic back over to Pastor, but if you know somebody in the congregation and and they're struggling and their kids are out or maybe they're not, and they come to the altar, walk over to them and say, Red Rover, Red Rover, in Jesus' name, your kids are never going over. We're gonna bring them back home. We're gonna bring them back in. We're gonna pull them back in on our side. It's not about that side. It's about our side. Amen? Excellent. Thank you. What a great message. 
Thank you, Brother Wilbur, for ministering tonight. One of the men in our church spoke to me the other day, and he said, I really appreciated the baby dedications that we had. He said, you know, I look at every one of those little babies that are dedicated and say, that's a niece or a nephew to me. I'm going to try and make a difference in that baby's life. That's family. Red Rover tonight, family. Holding one another's hands. I'm not letting go. I'm holding on. We're in this thing together. I got it. I got it, Brother Wilbur. I got it. But I want to offer you a challenge tonight. He said something that impacted me. And I want to ask you to consider something. With all these visitors that God is bringing us, and I go up to some of them and I say, did you come with somebody? No. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to be here today. I heard about you and wanted to check it out for myself. They don't even have any parents. Nobody brings them sometimes. And Brother Wilbur said something that hit an amen chord. He said, people invited me to church or they invited me to dinner after church. When's the last time, I'm looking at me, that after church, instead of just getting together with the people I normally get together with, I ever said, I'm gonna find a visitor and I'm gonna say, what are you doing for lunch today? Is there any way you can break your plans? Could we have lunch together? I'm challenging this church to consider that. Instead of just your circle or just your family, and I'm a traditional family guy, break that. Stick out a hand and say, let's go to lunch together. I'd like to get to know you better. Is that asking too much? Somebody did that for us. Now it's our turn to do it for them. You say, well, and I've even had some people in this church say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not even happy that the church is as big as it is. I wish it was smaller. You wouldn't think that way if you were a lost soul. If you were on the outside looking in, you'd feel differently. We gotta be more outreach minded. When they come in here, can I take you to lunch? Could you share your testimony with me or could I share my testimony with you? Jesus, thank you for what we've heard tonight. Thank you for the challenge that you put in Brother Wilbur's heart and now you gave us. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.